it's Brandi Taylor. Welcome to the Business Beauty Network Podcast, where business meets beauty. It's not just lipstick, it's business. We will share thought-provoking conversations with business and beauty professionals. Our goal is to empower, motivate, and inspire you to take your business to the next level. This episode is sponsored by The Hilltop Services. Our mission is to provide business professionals with assistance for all of their administrative needs. Book a consultation today at thehilltopservices.com. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. I am super excited to share today's interview with you. I had the pleasure in interviewing Atara Adianju. Atara is a makeup artist and a beauty educator, just like myself. And we really talked about some of my favorite things to talk about, which is business and beauty and makeup artistry. I had a great time learning more about her. It felt like I had known her forever. And I think you're really gonna enjoy this interview. Here's a little bit of Atara's bio. Atara Adianju is a makeup artist, beauty educator, educator and a plus size style influencer based in Baltimore, Maryland. Her beauty business, Atara Artistry, celebrates 10 years this year and she was most recently named 2019's Best of Pikesville Makeup Artist. Her latest venture is Living My Best Makeup Artist Life. It's an artistry, beauty business, and mindset masterclass that takes the inspiring artist to the inspired artist. And for the season pro, it reignites their passion, cultivates confidence, and allows them to achieve the business results they desire. In 2020, she intends to expand the educational model to a national platform. She also just recently launched her t-shirt line, Living My Best Makeup Artist Life t-shirts, and I'll make sure that I leave a link in the show notes. I think you're really going to enjoy this interview, and here it goes. Hey, welcome to the podcast. It's your host, Brandi Taylor, and we have a special guest today, Atara Adianju. Welcome, Atara. Thank you for having me, Brandi. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for being on the podcast. I'm super excited to talk to you today and learn more about you and your business. Awesome. I'm excited. Ready. <laughs> great, great. So tell us a fun fact about yourself. I would say probably the biggest thing is that my favorite place in the world is Mexico. Like so much so that I want to retire there. Like no lie. I love it. I've been to Mexico hmm, three times in the last year. Like I love it. Oh, wow. (laughs) I'm a travelista. I love to travel. (laughs) Okay, great, great. So I know you're a makeup artist and educator and everything, but I see you have like, um, you went to college for social work and, um, and health education. Now, how did you go from that to getting into the makeup industry? Well, actually, I am a Coppin State University alum, Eagle, so I'm an HBCU grad. Um, I came out in 2010, and makeup was actually offered as an elective. It just came out of nowhere, honestly. Um, a girlfriend of mine, we used to play in makeup, and I got into it, and next thing I know, I worked in my residence hall while I was at Coppin, so people saw me all the time. So one of the things they would always say is, oh, your makeup looks so nice, or uh, oh, can you teach me how to do that, or... I don't know how, but somehow I ended up starting doing lashes in the dorm, started doing makeup. And from there, my junior year, they actually offered makeup for theater and television. I was like, oh, this is fun. I'll take it as an elective. And our instructor, she actually had us um, do a seminar with an actual celebrity makeup artist, an established makeup artist. And I remember sitting in that front row, like being glued to everything that was happening. I was like, I'm going to do that one day. 
And from there, that's when YouTube just kind of got, it's like splitting as far as influencers and beauty influencers. So that's when you started seeing all the makeup tutorials come out and all that. And I started watching those. And next thing you know, I'm at Rite Aid. I got my Kaboodle kit and I started my business in 2009. So that was 08 when I took the class. In 2009, I started my makeup business and I was still in college at the time. Oh, okay, so that's great. So they actually had a makeup class at your school. So you did yes, training. Yes, as a theater elective. Yes, and I ate it up. I was like, this. That was probably one of the fun. Made it fun, you know. When you're in college, you have this heavy course load, so that kind of balanced out some of the, you know, more tougher classes like English and all the other courses that I had to take. Mm-hmm. Great. So did you think that in your career path you would end up being this like makeup artist that you are today, or? Was that a surprise to you? Honestly, I feel like the transformation for me, like I've been, I've been in business since 09, but I feel like I've been serious about my business the last two years. So at that point, I never thought I would be an educator. I just knew that I wanted to do makeup. I mean, it took years for me to get to where I am as far as confidence, all of that. And I think once I got the confidence, then it made me realize this is the woman I can be. This is the artist that I can be. And now I can go and touch others and show them that it's absolutely possible. So I didn't always think that this is where I would end up in my career has definitely been a transformation. It's definitely been a lots of growth, lots of lessons learned. Um, it did not come easy at all. What do you think are some of the misconceptions that people have when it comes to this industry? Definitely the glitz and glam, um, especially Instagram. Instagram has a very, does a very good job of making makeup artistry look like this glamorous life. And it is, that is that glamorous part. We serve clients, we do makeup, but there's so much that happens behind the scenes. And of course, social media is like a highlight reel. So often what people see is just the clientele and everybody looking amazing, but they don't see the struggles. Like one thing I think a lot of up and coming artists have to understand is that you're not just a makeup artist. This is a beauty business. You're a beauty business owner. And there's so many things that have to go into consideration when running that business and I think from the clientele side they often don't think about that aspect too all they see is oh it's just makeup no it's more than makeup we're sending emails we're doing invoices we're doing contracts we're on the phone you know we're buying supplies there's so many costs involved with being a makeup artist I think the biggest misconception is is that it's all glamorous no we have struggles you know we're human too some of us are moms I'm a a mom some of us you know have a lot of life battles that we're going through but when we show up for our clients you know we have to erase all of it so it's definitely not just that glamorous side I I agree I I think that is one of the misconceptions when it comes to this industry and um I like that you hit on the business side of it because that's where my passion lies is the business side of the industry because I saw a need like there was just a lack of business knowledge within the beauty community so I really saw that I'm super passionate about business. Like I can talk about beauty business all day. Like I just love it. Like it's so many facets to think about, not even just like the income, the, the etiquette, how you present yourself, how you communicate when you're reaching out to people, how you communicate with your clients. Um, this is so many different facets of beauty business. And I think I often ignore it, especially the service aspect. Um, there's so much ego now in the beauty industry and we forget that this is the, the businesses that we're building. This is a service-based industry. And I think we have to get back to that servant mindset when it comes to being makeup artists. I think a lot of that has gotten lost now, especially with, like I said, social media only showing you the glamorous side. And I think it's also caused people these vanity metrics that we have likes and followers to, you know, infl- inflate that. So um, I definitely think that, we have to go back to the serving of being a makeup artist. It's a service at the end of the day. 
Absolutely. So you said like in the last two years, you've really like you've been in the industry for 10 years, but in the last two years, you've really, you know, honed into your business, um, really got a clear identity for your business. What made that shift for you? The big shift for me, I would say um, investing, investing in myself. Um, I think in the past two years is when I started really making those major investments in my artistry, taking classes, learning from seasoned artists, artists who have been where I am and where they are now, showing you the playbook, showing you the the blueprint for success. Um, I've taken classes with some amazing artists in the DMV area. Tyana Robinson Beauty is one of them. I've taken classes with AJ Crimson. Um, taking classes with artists that are in my network of beauty friends. Um, I've also done a lot of webinars, a lot of online content. I just like, I just went into like this mold of just education, education. Like it was like I, transformation is going to occur until you make a transaction. And I learned that from being, I'm um, watching one of Tayana's live classes that she did, and she she had Chanel Cooper Sykes, who's also a well-known um, speaker, talk about that. And one of the things she said is transformation does not occur without a transaction. And for me, I feel like once I started to invest in my craft, that's when I saw the results. Because when, let's think about it. When you put an investment out there, that's how you know you're serious, because there is plenty of free content out there. But I began to value what I learned so much more when, when I had to invest in it. Mm -hmm. I valued it. For sure. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. And um, a lot of people, um, well, I know some people will invest in, you know, in that, but sometimes there's pushback with that. People feel like they don't need to do that. Like it's not yeah, I'm good. I get that all the time. <laughs> extra training, but it is very necessary to get that extra training. And a lot of times, you know, if you just invest, you can avoid some of the pitfalls you would have otherwise. Like you could, you know, talk to someone and learn from someone who is seasoned and where you want to be. And then that way you don't have to go through some of the things that you, you know, may have to go through otherwise. So I think that that's great. So you, so once you start, once you invested in your craft, that was when you saw a difference in your business. So I Absolutely. see that, yeah, I see that you're a um, MUA confidence coach. Now, what does that entail? I, for me, like I mentioned, when I first started, I could never see me being a woman that I am today. And it was because I lacked the confidence. And what I see often with a lot of us as makeup artists is confidence is the difference between level one and level a million. And I feel like once you get that confidence, you're absolutely unstoppable. So one of my goals is to always not only push what makes a great makeup artist, people often say, oh, customer service, oh, having an amazing kit, oh, your skills. You can have all of those things, but if you don't have confidence, you're not going anywhere fast. Like it wasn't until, and people can tell, people can see that in the way you present yourself. So I feel like confidence is what's going to take you to the next level. So for me, I mean, as much as I love showing them the artistry and how to grow your social media, all of those things, my biggest thing is I want to see your confidence go up. I want to see your confidence propel you where you want to be. So um, that's like, that's like a big facet of me coaching my makeup artist students is confidence. It's a big thing. Great. So tell me so uh, about this living my best life, my best makeup artist life. I thought that was interesting <laughs> because, you know, so how do you live <laughs> your best makeup artist life? To me, it's three facets. Well, living my best makeup artist life was birthed. Okay, we know pop culture, little Duval, living my best life. But I wanted to make bring it home and make it more, you know, real and resonate with makeup artists. So living my best makeup artist life was birthed out of a need to not only show people the artistry side, but there are not a lot of 
current offerings, at least locally where I am that also show you the business side and also touch on mindset and those other things that make the extra difference. So Live My Best Single Artist Life is a three-part, three-part, three-part harmony. It's not just the artistry, but it's also your beauty business savvy and it also includes your mindset. The three of those together to me will bring you, will allow you to live your best makeup artist life. It has nothing to do with, and I think that's also the misconception of living my best makeup artist life means that you have to be this rich makeup artist so that you have to be uh, booked and busy to the core, that you have to be on lavish vacations, that you have to have this high following. It has nothing to do with that. Living my best makeup artist life is doing what you love, for the people that love what you do. And that is, that's the core of it. So those three facets, when you have all of those down, artistry, business, and mindset, you're living your best makeup artist life. I love it. So you've taken <laughs> your career to another level. Now you are a professional makeup artist and I know you specialize in bridal and beauty makeup, but then now you're coaching, you know, other makeup artists on confidence and then living their best makeup artistry life. So I love that. It's been a journey, but I love it. It's so rewarding, especially when you see the results. You see your students, you know, telling you whether they seeing where they were and seeing where they go. Um, even just like this past weekend, I had a living my best makeup artist like class, and just seeing how they came in one way and they walked out totally transformed. Some of them are already hitting the ground running about different things that they want to do. They're already I can already look on their social media posts and see how they've improved and how they're you know engaging with their audience. It's just so many. It's so rewarding for me um, to see the progression of my students and those who I get to touch on a regular basis. It's very rewarding. Okay. I was going to actually ask you about your class that you just had. And I, I see that it was a sold out class. Now kind of tell us a little bit. Yeah. Congratulations on that. Thank tell you. us a little bit about the class and what, you know, are some of the things that your students learned in your class? The first, as first part of the class, it started out with a beauty demo. So the demo, I walked them through my signature skin technique, showing them step-by-step step how I achieved that look on a model in front of them. Um, very interactive for the class, this class, since we are in like the, the tip of the holiday season, I did a more of like a holiday party type look with Smokey. Then from there, um, we had a break and then we went into the beauty business seminar and that beauty business seminar, I hit on so many different things. Um, I hit on social media, I hit on etiquette because surprisingly a lot of makeup artists are unaware of how to move in these streets. Like as far as how you should, what you should do when you're on set, how you, what you should do when you're assisting social media etiquette, because I see so much. And sometimes I like, I was even just like, uh, social media, you'll see different things. Like if you're a makeup artist, why are you smoking on your Instagram stories? You know, things like that. You know, these are things that we should not be doing if we are beauty business owners. So I hit on that. I hit on, uh, what else did I hit on? Uh, how to automate your business. We got to make our business work for us. We shouldn't be working too hard on our businesses, especially now in a microwave age where all it takes is one click to copy and paste. You think that email that that client prospective client sent just came to you? No, it probably came to five other people and they're looking for the first person to respond. So having those tools in place for your business to, so you don't have to work as hard is fundamental, especially now in an age where everybody wants an instant response. You can't do 24, 48 hours anymore. People want to hear from you ASAP. So it's important. 
I love that. Uh-huh. And I, um, I'm really, you know, excited about what you're speaking about because I actually, I'm from the Metro Detroit area and um, I'm the founder of the Detroit Business and Beauty Expo. And we focus on the business side of beauty. And those are a lot of the things that we talk about at the expo. Um, you know, just, you know, even have etiquette all the way around or even learning how to operate a business and, you know, having the proper tools in place. And so I love that you teach that in your class. I think that is very much so needed. And that was why I started because I didn't see a lot of, um, a lot of people will come here and teach classes. Like you, you mentioned AJ Crimson, he's from here. Um, and he teaches classes here sometime too, but you know, um, they're teaching makeup classes, which is needed, but we also need to learn about the business side of the industry. And, um, and that's what I, what I love to talk about and specialize in. That aspect, beauty business in itself could just be a class by itself. It's so, mm-hmm. it's so much. Like even with me, I get so excited about it when I want to teach a class. I want to go so deep, but you can only go so far when you're in a classroom setting. But it's it's so many things that you can touch on as a business owner. And for me, it's just about helping people to polish, helping them to, you know, really get. Because this is another thing I see a lot of times. We'll say we're a luxury service, but are we really operating in the capacity of a luxury service? What do luxury services offer? So if you're saying that you're a luxury or premium service, then you got to come a certain way. So I really do believe in presentation. I believe in how you package yourself. Branding is so important. And a lot of times with us, we spend too much time on the identity of the brand, the, the logo, the cutesy logos and the, you know, the really nice uh business cards and things like that but what's really important is the image that your brand shows what do people say about you what is your reputation in this industry like what kind of reviews do you have um your brand image is so much more important than your identity so i think it's really important for us since we are you know looking to educate and help people in the beauty the business side of beauty i think it's important to focus more more on helping people with their reputation helping them with the things that really matter and not the vanity stuff I absolutely agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's awesome. I think that's a um a great class um because it's different because you took them on both sides. You actually showed them some application, but then you also talked about the etiquette and the business side as well. So I, I definitely um think that if someone is in your area when you have the next class, they need to be on top of that. Yes, and I'm actually funny that you say that because I, people have been asking, are you going to come to such and such place? You come to, like I've had a lot of people ask about coming to Atlanta and things like that. So I really do want to make this a national, put this on a national platform and maybe do go to some of the other cities around and put this out there and also online content, um, really getting this information out because there are people that, you know, follow me on social media who want to learn, but they may not be in the area. So I really do want to become a little bit more accessible to others. So um, that's one of my goals for 2020 is to make my best makeup artist life a nationwide thing. Great, great. Speaking into existence, I think we should Absolutely. get to Detroit. We should start by getting you here. Yes, <laughs> I would love to. And there's some amazing artists up there that I want to meet. So I want to meet you. So I would love to come up. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Definitely <laughs> got to get you to uh-huh. Detroit for sure. For sure. So now, not only are you this makeup artist and educator, but you're also a plus size influencer. Tell us a little bit about that. So I love fashion, y'all. I love it. I love it down. I love to wear great clothes. I love the feeling of being in great clothes, but I do not want to model. So I just love being able to put on a nice outfit, take good pictures, um, and share with people. Because a lot of times I think 
because I'm a plus size woman. I've been plus size all of my life. Even I'm on a weight loss journey, I'm always, that part of me is always going to be there. So for me, growing up, even now, if you look at the current climate of plus size retail, you have so many of our stores closing down. Um, so it makes it even harder for us to find good quality fashion because now we have to shop online and a lot of people shy away from that. So my goal as a plus size influencer is to show women that, okay, yes, we we are plus size, but they, we don't have to be frumpy. We can be amazing. We can be confident. We can wear amazing clothes. And there are great retailers out there that are for us. You know, gone are the days of, you know, having limited options. There's so many options now. So for me, it's just about empowering women through fashion. It's about showing them that you can be confident and wear what you want to wear, wear what makes you feel good. Don't have limited, don't have limitations. Don't worry about what society says. You know, if you want to wear that two-piece, wear it, sis. <laughs> you know, so that's how I feel. <laughs> So it's more of a, like a movement for you. So you just utilize your yes. platform to show body positivity and things like that, right? Yes, absolutely. And I mean, I've been in this industry as a plus size makeup artist. So it's important that I show up and I represent for plus size women, plus size women in business, um, plus size women, plus size moms, it's just, you know, showing a different face. Because when I came into the industry, there weren't a lot of, I can say, plus size makeup artists that are in the forefront. So with all of these things you have going on, do you, what are you excited about right now? Most excited um, right now for um, the upcoming networking event I have um, slated to happen in Baltimore in March 2020. I um, don't have a date yet, but I absolutely know it's going to be in March 2020. Um, networking is a major part of our industry um, outside of just social media and all these other tools that we have. The relationships that you build are so important, and I'm so passionate about um building relationships, you know, there's so much uh, division that happens in the beauty industry. So I'm super passionate about building people, bringing them together. So I'm excited to do this. And this event is not just going to be for makeup artists. It's going to be for all types of image professionals. So, and artists and creatives. So photographers, models, uh, hairstylists, nail techs, eyelash extension uh, techs, um, massage therapists, estheticians, anybody who works in that type of service industry. I want them there in this room. So um, I can't wait to see. Um, I'm going to get a at least 100 faces in the place for this event, and it's going to be in Baltimore. You don't see a lot of this happening in Baltimore at the present, so we need this. Our city needs this. We need something that's going to be on a positive level because, like I said, there's so much need to be for people to be competitive, and there's room for everybody. But this is one of those – this is going to be an effort to show that, that there's so much room. And – Sometimes your relationships bring connections. I've met students through networking. I've met other artists that I call now my sisters through networking. You just never know what's going to happen as a result of a connection. So I want more connections and less competition in this industry. One of the biggest reasons why entrepreneurs struggle to grow their business is because they are simply wearing too many hats. The Hilltop Services has over 10 years of professional administrative experience. Our mission is to provide business professionals with assistance for all of their administrative needs. By providing support through general administrative and executive assistance, our clients can focus on what drives income. We are confident that your business can grow and increase productivity. Our agency can assist in daily tasks that keep your business organized with great customer service being our top priority. Need assistance? Book your consultation today at thehilltopservices.com. Why do you feel there it is, the industry is that way? Because I agree with you, but why do you feel it is that way? 
I think a lot of it is is that because in the beginning with makeup artists, like they were very few and far between. But now that you have social media and you have YouTube and you have all of these uh, free avenues for learning, there's so many artists that are coming up into coming up into the industry. And I think for those who have been around for a long time, they may feel somewhat threatened or may feel like it's, 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 it's hard to say, but I think it all, one of the main things it boils down to is insecurity. Cause I'm a firm believer. What's for you is for you. Nobody can take it from you. And there's always plenty of room. I mean, the population of the world, everybody can't do serve everybody. And, but we think, but I think scarcity mindset would be number one. We believe that there's not an abundance. So we do things and we behave and we move in a certain way that, that that supports that notion that because there's not enough oh i got to keep all to myself no i can't tell you where i got this product no you can't come assist me no i'm not going to respond to your email or answer your question no um i don't want to i don't want to build a relationship with you or no i um i don't want to mentor you it's just so many different um things that people do because of that scarcity mindset so i operate out of an abundance mindset and that causes me to know that there's always more than enough and because there's always more than enough you can't lose by helping others. You can't lose by supporting one another. I absolutely agree with that. Um, I know, I remember when I started out, there wasn't a lot of people who were willing to provide me with any information or help me. And, and it was just like, I, I knew artists, or I knew right. people, it was doing what I wanted to do, but it was pushback. I remember, I remember one time there was a young lady who was supposed to allow me to assist her. But I think, you know, I was so excited, so eager, asking her a lot of questions that she ended up like kind of playing me to the side when it came to me assisting her. She said I could assist her. Then all of a sudden when it came time to do it, she didn't want me to assist her. And it was like she didn't want to share anymore. So I, would, I asked a couple of questions and she gave me some very vague answers and then she stopped answering my calls at all. <laughs> Girl, they'll leave you on red, all kinds uh-huh. of stuff. Now yeah. I do understand to a certain degree, like you don't want people that are just like wanting to pick your brain. You know, they do have some type that they should be coming, you know, and valuing, valuing expertise and what you did to get that knowledge. But I do feel like to a degree, you should be open, open to the mm-hmm. process. We were all in that place. I know where I came from. I remember, you know, in college <laughs> thinking I was making good money as a makeup artist and I really wasn't. You know, I remember charging $25. I remember those days. So I would never want to meet somebody like if I see somebody that I that that's a part of my network that I value and they're in my network and I see that they're undervaluing themselves I'm gonna pull them to the side and be like sis you're worth more than this you're worthy of higher what are you doing like it would be wrong for me and if I would lack integrity if I would allow them to continue to take take less than what they deserve but that's just that's just how I come but then there are some people on the other hand who feel like well that's their business. I don't need to interfere with that. But I, I feel a need. It's just a part of me to be that sister, be that person, to be that voice to help people and inspire them to to want more. Um, but absolutely, like what you said, that's why I'm so passionate now about sharing knowledge. Because when I came in, I didn't have anybody to hold my hand. Like I just attained a formal mentor this year. I hadn't. I went nine years without mentorship. So mm-hmm. I understand what it's like to kind of just be going through blindly i really had to find it out i had to invest and i really had to do the work so i mean i now have no issue with helping others i know how lonely it was 
Yeah, it can be lonely. And I think like me helping you wouldn't never take away from me. So I think, you know, it's the, it's a mindset thing like that, that some of the people in the industry still seem to have when it comes to reaching back and helping other people, you know, it's okay to, to do that because it's not going to take away from you. You help with someone else. But I, why I do, go ahead. I'm sorry. It's okay. I was going to say, why do you think the industry, the, our industry is so attractive though. Like everybody wants to be a makeup artist now. Like, like everybody, so, like everybody think they're a makeup artist. Uh-huh. Some people may even can halfway do makeup, but that still doesn't mean that they should be. Do you know what I mean? I, I think, like I said, social media plays a huge role um, because now you have so many people out there that are doing it. You see your friend doing it. I want to do it too. Um, or some people are honestly motivated by the money, but in this industry, you absolutely cannot be motivated by the money and they think it's fast money too. So you can't be motivated by that. You won't last long at all. You have to have a passion for it. Um, like I said, it's a service industry also. Um, I think that's one of the things, the money, um, and a lot of people now are getting popular off of makeup looks. They want free products from these brands, you know, so they see all their friends on social media with all these likes and shares and all this Instagram, uh, uh, Instagram followers and things like that. And I think that's the one thing that makes it very attractive. Um, and I think beauty in general, they want to work with celebrities, you know, that kind of stuff. That's, that's another thing. They don't know celebrities. <laughs> celebrities don't pay you. They want you to do it for free. <laughs> A lot of times, yes, they want to shout out. And my philosophy is promo is not equal to payment. So, but you know, a lot, but see, that's, that's like a, I'll say like a, like a smoke and mirrors thing, especially for new artists, because they want that, they want that name attached to them to say, oh, I did this person, you know? And so a lot of times they'll, 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 they'll accept that. And then a lot of times they might not get the shout out that they were looking for, Mm -hmm. but they got the makeup done. They got their end, but you might always get your end of the bargain. So I, I always tell artists promo is not the way to go unless you truly believe that this is something that is going to be absolutely beneficial to you. Otherwise you're going to have that regret and you're going to have that regret or you're going to feel some kind of way. Like there was, you know, there was recently a big fiasco on social media about how important it is to tag the makeup artists and things like that. So if you want credit, great. But if you're being paid, then credit doesn't won't make as much of a difference if you're being, if you're being compensated. So that's my philosophy on that. Right. I absolutely agree with that. So let's talk a little bit about makeup. Like, so what do you see trending right now in the makeup industry? Right now, because it's fall, matte lips, vampy dark lips is a big trend right now. Um, I'm not big. Well, my artistry style is very like soft and very much about skin but this time of year of course the holidays are coming up so you're going to see a lot more glitter looks coming out smoky eyes um lots of lash um this time of year people love a good red lip especially if new year's is coming um um but i i feel like in the style of makeup that i'm doing skin is really starting to make a comeback as far as just really showing a a really wearable believable look versus what they call the Instagram makeup look, you're starting to see skin make a comeback. People really are starting to cling to a more skin-like appearance. They want they want their skin to shine. They don't want the makeup to shine. Right, because if you don't take care of your skin, there's only but so much the makeup can do for you anyway. 
Absolutely. It starts there. And that's why I always also encourage my clients, you know, before they come to their appointment, there are things that you could be doing to make that experience better. My brides, when I work with them, it's important for me to say to them, you know, you know, you have six months, these are things you can do so that your makeup is absolutely flawless um, leading up to that point. How would you say, how what would you say in Detroit are like some of the trends? I think it's the same. Like I'm, Really, I'm confused by the a lot of the palettes that have been dropped lately. And I'm going to tell you what. <laughs> because, look, so they're not realistic. Like, so you see the Norvina collection, right? Oh, yeah. She dropped, I like, a palette, looking, like, once a week. <laughs> I was looking at that. It's three new palettes, right? So, huh? so volume one, two, and three. And they have all these neons and orange and red eyeshadows. And I'm thinking, like, yeah, I would never use that. But it looks pretty to the eye, though, right? And so you want to buy it, right? <laughs> it's really pretty. I, I've done this. We've all done this where we are, we'll see a palette and we'll say, oh, my God, it's so pretty. And then you buy it, but you get it homey, but it's not practical for you. Or even, even as an artist, it's not practical in your kid. I find most of the time, most people just want to look like my clients anyway, want to look like an enhanced version of themselves. So brides want to look, you know, pretty, soft glam, beautiful for their hubby. They really don't want to wear lime green eyeshadow. So that's really not something that I can find that were useful in my kit or personally I know I don't want to wear those crazy colors either but it might look pretty you know because you like color but it's not always practical and but looking at a lot of these launches as of late some of them don't even really look like fall winter launches to me like a lot of new palettes that are out there right now um but yeah I will but there is a lot of glitter out there right now and I'm really like I like a little glitter but I'm not all into the glitter like that like how like a little glitter eyeshadow is fine but just just the glitter eye that's not my thing per se um I did you know get um a, a couple years ago a lot of prom girls really really wanted those glitter oh eyes. girl what you saying <laughs> <laughs> glitter yeah. eyes and cut creases and they're still really prevalent now but you know, that's really not my thing. More so, I work, I focus on, like, the everyday woman that wants to learn how to do her own makeup. And that's my client now. And I do teaching now. And I'm producing producing events and doing different things now. So I'm not doing as much, uh, as many um, clients makeup, you know, application as I was before. Um, so, but I'm doing more education by myself. But, I, but the trends across the board are pretty much the same. Berries and glitter for the holidays is what you got. <laughs> and congratulations on the expo i know it was a success so it was it was awesome this is my third year so we're already gearing up for 2020 and i'm actually looking to do many you know uh beauty business events and traveling doing pop-up i actually have a relationship with someone in your area and we're actually talking about doing a pop-up in the spring so hopefully when i do that i can you know you can come or maybe even have yes please keep me informed on that yeah, yes. have you speak or something you should come talk about some of your stuff that would be great that's awesome you know I would love to support absolutely yeah we'll have to talk about that later but yeah that would that would be great but um the far as the industry goes nothing's really changed it's still the same berries and um and glitter though for the <laughs> yeah and for me if I'm going to do a glitter I prefer like Stila makes excellent glitters the liquid yeah, eyeshadows yeah, I like that's that. what I prefer to use I do not like working with cosmetic glitter the loose glitter is messy it gets it everywhere yeah, I, I like to use something that's either pressed or comes And in it can time. be heavy, too. The cosmetic glitter, even though you use the glitter glues or whatever, it could be just very heavy on the eye. It adds a lot of texture, too. Yeah. Yes. 
Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so, like you said, I like to see the one something that you could just, you know, swipe on or you could do a cute eyeshadow right. a little bit on top. Stuff like that I like. But all of that heavy glitter, the heavy, heavy, heavy cut creases is not really my thing per se. So I, I say your style, you have a, a you, you do a lot of bright. So your style is more, you say like soft glam skin. When I do my, when I usually, when I do makeup, it's going to be working on the skin first versus, I know some artists do the eyes first. I like doing the skin first and then building the eyes into that. Um, I am really big on making sure that the skin is a nice, beautiful match, that they have a nice glow, especially a bride. And most brides are, that's usually their first time getting their makeup professionally done. And for a lot of, for us as makeup artists, most of our clients are just occasional clients. They're coming for a special occasion. So the bride that comes to me, she's looking for something that's very natural, very light, but she still wants to feel enhanced in the best version of herself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love, I love that. So do you, do you teach one-on-one um, lessons for uh, everyday women or just for the uh, makeup artists? I do both. I do makeup, makeup artists and everyday women. Everyday women would be a little bit different because we're working, we're starting with kind of one of the things I want to help them with is what products to get, whereas makeup artists may already come with a kit that they already have. But for everyday women, I'm going to be focusing on reaching out to them and teaching them about the, the products that they should use, taking care of their skin and making it, making it uh, realistic for them because most of them aren't going to want to spend the kind of time that we spend on our makeup. They're looking for like an out the door face, something they can wear to work every day or when they absolutely need to look their best, something that they can do pretty quickly. They may not want to spend, like I know for me, if I'm doing makeup uh, and I really want to put some time into it, I could take 90 minutes to do my face. Or if I'm really, really trying to go there, I could take two hours. But everyday women, they probably want, you know, something quick, easy, out the door and that's easily achievable. Okay, so let's describe that. I, so what is a quick everyday, like what are the things you would need to achieve a quick everyday out the door look as an everyday woman? I would say just to start off with a great foundation. Um, or some people may even want to do like a tinted moisturizer, depending on how good your skin is. Um, so just having a good base, having a nice lip color on, and simply a mascara can just take your eye from you know ooh to eye so you don't have to wear lashes like I don't have lashes on right now so it's like just something just to open you up wake you up make you look like you're ready for the day maybe a little bit of concealer and that's it powder that's it you can achieve that in 20 minutes if you really if you can you can do it in 20 minutes I love it awesome awesome what are what are some of your favorite products oh don't start there <laughs> I could go order. I have so many favorites. Um, I would say um, Vanessa Myricks, like anything from her is amazing. Um, Black Opal, I feel like is an amazing foundation, not only just for my clients, but it's a great foundation because it's easily accessible. You can get it from a drugstore, you can get it from Walmart, and it's affordable. And that's one of the biggest questions I often get. What's an affordable foundation or what's a good drugstore foundation? Um, for women of color, Black Opal. Um, so I love their cream sticks. Very coverage. Um, what else do I love? Hmm. I love minted uh, nude lipsticks. Like they were made for women of color, so we can find our perfect nude through any one of their colors in their line. Um, they're beautiful shades. Like you know, a lot of times women want to find the right nude lip, but they feel like they get that platypus kind of effect, <laughs> so they they shy away from nude lips. But if you go with minted, you'll find it. You'll find your color. Well, another one of my favorite products is from. Uh, Eason Cosmetics. Uh, it's called the the Pro Blending Sponges. I love them. I love their blending sponges. Can't live without them. Um, really, Eason? I'm not familiar. Yes, 
Oh, we'll talk. I'll show you. I'll show you. They're amazing. Um, they're great blending sponges. Awesome. Um, and that's probably, those are probably some of my tops. Um, I love a good lash, of course, but not really any particular line that I absolutely love. Um, Max lip pencils are the yes. best. They are yeah. the best. <laughs> yeah. They are the best of pencils. Mac with any Mons powders. I love. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I have so many staples. I would have to actually be looking at my kit right now, but I have so many staples. But yes, those are some of my favorites for women of color. Great. Do you think you would um, ever come out with your own cosmetic line? I've been asked this so many times. It's just so funny that you asked that because I've been asked so many times. If I do, it has to be something. I really have to think about it. Um, one, of the, one of the things I am passionate about, though, is my kit and keeping it organized. So I feel like if I did come out with something, it would be something pertaining to us as makeup artists, either something that we use to make carrying our kit easier or something that would make our kit, kit life a little bit better, something that would help with organization. I think that would be my lane because I'm very passionate about that. Um, actual physical product, I don't think I, I don't see it, but you never know with me. So just, I guess we have to stay tuned. <laughs> Okay. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Awesome. So how do you define success? For me, success is when you feel like you've accomplished the goals that you want to accomplish. Success is, to me is not monetary and success is not, to me, success is not like a stopping point. Like success is like a continual thing. It's not, it's not something that you reach and then you, you end there. It's something that is a continuous thing that comes in different forms. We have success in so many forms so i would say success for me like i said is a knowing achieving the goals that you have and then also wanting more like who does wanting more after you achieve that and continuing to grow and grow that's success for me success is growth continuously growing seeing yourself go from one place to the next that progression um but it's definitely not monetary it, it's also in but if i had to really define it i would say Doing what you love. That's what makes you successful. When you're doing what you're passionate about, that's what makes you successful. Great, great. And what's either your favorite book or a book that you're currently reading right now? Brave Enough to Succeed. That's the name of it. It's by Valerie Burton. And um, I love that book. It's a great book for women who are in business, not just makeup artists or anything like that, but women who have a business. It's a really good book. Um, she breaks down different things you should be doing to attract it to you. Um, kind of in that... I love affirmations. So for me, it's, it's a very, it's a very encouraging book. And it gives, she works on giving you ways to be confident and things like that. And it's an easy read, which I love about her book. So yes, Valerie Burton, Brave, Brave Enough to Succeed. That's the book. Great. I'll have to check that one out. And um, so as a business owner, what is your favorite business tool that you use to operate in your business? Well, child, I can't live with, okay, I can't live without 17 hats. Uh, 17 hats is absolutely amazing. Um, it, it allows me to send invoices. It allows me to send emails. I can keep all my templates there. I can send quotes. Um, I can do so many different things with 17 hats and it keeps me organized because it's, it's all, it's very systematic. It's like almost like a database. So I'm not working on sending emails one place. I'm not, um, sending quotes one place. Everything is done there. I don't have to have all these different, you know, programs running. I can do everything through 17 hats and it just automation especially when you're dealing with a lot of clients and different people, having that tool in place is going to make you look more organized and it's going to make you look more professional, especially when they get that email that looks like it came from some like special system. 
clients, clients like that. They like that, especially when they're dropping money on you. They want to see that you are at least doing handling it in a professional way and that everything is systematic. They love the electronic aspect of receiving contracts. You know, we're not, I mean, I remember back in the day, I used to mail contracts to my clients, have them <laughs> sign it, make a copy of it, then send it back. We don't do that anymore. I can take yeah, my payments through there if I need to. Everything is automated. And in this age, you know, first thing people ask you now when it comes to paying, do you have cash app? You know, that kind of stuff. So automation is everything. But 17 Hats is an amazing tool, totally worth the investment. Awesome. Awesome. Uh Well, it's been absolutely great speaking with you today, Atara. Joy, learning more about you and your business. So tell us how we can find you online and social media. It's been a pleasure speaking with you too. I can't wait to connect with you more. And um, I am Atara Street across all social media platforms. So Facebook as well as Instagram. So Atara Street would be A-T-A-R-A-H-I-S-T-R-Y. Um, and I also am atarstreet.com. That's my website. And so you can find me on all three of those platforms. Great. I'll have all of those things listed in the show notes. Is there anything else you want to share with us? It's a pleasure. It's been an absolute pleasure. This was my first podcast interview. So I'm honored that you wanted to have me keep doing what you're doing, girl, because the business side of makeup, we need to hype that up. We got to get that hyped up because it's so important. You know, that that's a major tool. So Thank you. Keep doing the work that you're doing for the community, honey. I'm so, so glad to meet you. Thank you. Thank you for being on the podcast. Really appreciate you and best wishes to you and all of your endeavors. And that is a turn, everybody. Make sure you connect with her and we're out. Thanks for tuning in to the Business Beauty Network podcast. Please subscribe and support our podcast. Please share it. Share it with your friends and family. Also, connect with us. We want to hear from you. Leave us comments. Let us know what you're enjoying about the podcast. Also, email us at bbnetworkpodcast at gmail.com. You can also connect with me on Instagram at IamBrandyTaylor and at Exquisite Looks. We're also on Facebook and Twitter at Exquisite Looks. And you can check out my website at ExquisiteLooks.com. I really hope to hear from you and connect with you soon. Remember that all things are possible if you only believe. Stay great.